We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, my guy, Jack Manuel. Jack, how we doing? We're going to talk news and free agency stuff. There's plenty of stuff happening around the Brooklyn Nets, Nick. And um, Twitter is always popping with Brooklyn Nets Twitter. It's something I love uh, more than my family itself. <laughs> I hope they're not listening. Damn, Jack. They, then then they're, they're probably not. Hopefully not. No, so guess what? If they're not listening, that's okay that you love Nets Twitter more because they are listening. They care about what you have to say. And just a quick reminder, we do have a promotion running on Design Tree slash Off the Glass. Promo code FLAG10 gets you $10 off any OTGTs, including the Brooklyn Buzz t-shirt. So make sure to check that out. Any support, always appreciated. ESGNTree.com. God bless America. <laughs> we appreciate that, Jack, because America really needs some help. But that's for another podcast line that we're not going to do today. Like you mentioned, we're going to talk news, rumors, and it seems like there's something new every single day. There's literally like I was scrolling Twitter today and like now Tim Legler and Stephen A. Smith are, are chatting that stuff. But we'll go through it logically and we'll start off with the, the AD rumors, Nick. They seem to pop up a little bit again. You know, with Chris Rusado in the week saying that the Brooklyn Nets are going to go hard for Anthony Davis and try and pair him with Kyrie Irving or even D'Angelo Russell or, or whatever might happen. Obviously, the packages. Um, what do you think on these rumors? How realistic is it? Um, what are the best packages the Nets can offer? Um, what do you? What are your thoughts on it in general? Jack, I just want to bring up the point. I don't know if you recall this. When we did the 100th episode of the NBA outlet, we did like a best case scenario for the Brooklyn Nets and we had them landing Anthony Davis and going to the final. Yeah, it was in free agency, but you know, maybe we're onto something there. I think if you're asking me, do I think the Nets are the favorite to land Anthony Davis? I'm going to say no. Do I think it's realistic and it's a real possibility that the Nets could somehow walk away from this offseason with Anthony Davis? Yeah, I think it could happen. Would I be immensely surprised? Not really. But I don't think it's like, okay, I'm going to go bet money on it. Like, I think they're probably 
top five teams in terms of packages, but they're not in that top three. And other teams can definitely offer better deals. The Nets do have a really good deal they can offer if it's something that you know, New Orleans is looking for. And obviously they do have the in now with uh, Longden being the GM. Yeah, that certainly does help, and we'll touch on on, on Trajan in a, in a little bit too. But you know, a package centered around you know Spencer, Karras, Jared Allen, and then some picks. Um, you know, whether you know want to uh, sub in a guy at the end of Russell and assign a trade or something along those sort of lines. David Griffin um, loves Rodions. He was on a radio show, and I shout out to the Bird Calls podcast because I was checking out some of their stuff, and they mentioned how David Griffin loves Rodions. I mean, how can you not team Rodion till <laughs> we die? Um, and the fact that we have. The 17th pick, the 21st, the 27th pick, and the 31st pick. Obviously, there's a lot of talk around the fact that the Nets are going to use those in, in some sort of Alan Crabb uh, dump package. But, you know, if it, if it gets you Anthony Davis, I would much rather use those picks in a more positive fashion to to get something than get rid of something. But I think that's that combination of players, you know, you add in Rodions and, 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 and the like. Um, I think that there is a package there, but I think the Lakers have a better package. Uh, I think... Actually, I think that the Nets package is just as good as the Lakers. I think the Celtics have the best package. Um, Jason Tatum's the best asset they could grab. And I think Jalen Brown is the second best asset. You know, yeah. this might be uh, maybe hyperbolic to say that I think Brown is better than than Ingram, but I think that, you know, the injury history worries uh, me to that extent. Uh, and I think as well, the Knicks, it depends on how highly you value a guy like RJ Barrett. And, you know, yep. obviously pairing him with his former college teammate. And those guys are super duper close. I know uh, plenty of Duke fans who who love that sort of pairing and the, the bromance between those two. You know, I think that the RJ Barrett, i.e. number three pick, is is up there with being the third best asset. But if you chuck in a guy like Karis LeVert, D'Anza, Russell Spencer, Dinwiddie, those guys go to the top of the list, even Jared Allen, in terms of value assets. You know, the picks are sort of adding filler and just to sort of appease and sort of make the deal work and, and make it look a bit better on paper. But, you know, the players that we can offer are as good as any other players that are in this package. Maybe not Jason Tatum, um, but I think that, you know, D'Angelo Russell is an incredibly good player, had a great season. Karis LeVert, you know, we've done these season reviews before, Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie. These guys are long-term NBA players. Uh, and I think that, you know, the Nets are... You know, I don't know how much I buy what Chris Broussard is saying, especially with the whole feud with Kevin Durant. And, you know, I'd much rather be on Kevin Durant's side than that because uh, Kevin Durant's coming to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> we'll touch on that in literally, you know, seconds at the moment. But um, the, the Nets are in, in the rumors, and it's, it's always fun to be a part of these rumors. Yeah, and I think the one thing that's interesting is what do the Pelicans want to do? Do they want to go into this full rebuild? Do they want to maybe trade off Drew Holiday as well? Because then it might make more sense to go with a Laker package, getting a ton of young guys, or a Knicks package if you're getting Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson in the number three pick, or whatever it may be. But if maybe if you're looking to win now, you might call the Nets and you might ask for, you know, you mentioned either D'Lo or Karis Avert, then ask for Dinwiddie. And I heard also the Pelicans could ask for interest in Joe Harris. I know it hurts you to hear that. No, but they won't. <laughs> they, they, I think every team does Jack come on he's a great three-point shooter so I think it's like what do the Pelicans want how desperate do they get how do the other cookies crumble in free agency where do things go along that way because they could be in a situation where maybe the Nets package has some intrigue to them and we mentioned the end they have um, they're building something nicely there in New Orleans but um, Nick before we move on uh, I know you love your percentages give me a percentage uh, of, of that Anthony Davis, or the likelihood of Anthony Davis wearing uh, the black and white in 2019-20. Mm, that's a good one, Jack. Um, ah, this is tough. I, I'll give I guess, you mine. I'll okay. give you mine. I'm going 9%. 
Okay, okay. So that makes my life easy. I'm going to go with 15% because I have to be above you. <laughs> you always have to be more optimistic than me. I mean, it makes sense. Um, I think that there's a chance. And, you know, if you want to split it across the four, then, you know, I think that 90, 80 to 90% likelihood he goes to the three teams that we spoke about. But, you know, plenty can change. No one thought that Kawhi Leonard would end up in a Toronto Raptors uniform, um, but except for Vegas. And I think, speaking of Vegas, we get to the odds for Kevin Durant's. Uh, and the odds are Kevin Durant, uh, he's most likely to end up at the Knicks, the Warriors, the Clippers, the Nets are at fourth, the Lakers are at plus 650, the Mavs at plus uh, 2200. Uh, by the way, Nets plus 600, Clippers plus 500, Warriors plus 175, and Knicks minus 125. This also with the fact that during the week, Mark Stein reported that um, he's reported, you know, that the Kevin Durant and Kyrie are interested. He also reported that, you know, the Clippers are in with the shots. So uh, there's rumors of plenty at this time of year, despite the fact that Kevin Durant still is, um, you know, off injured and, and recovering his calf. But what were your thoughts on seeing those odds from Vegas? I like it. You know, I think, you know, the Nets are starting every week. It feels like you hear another NBA media guy saying like, oh, KD and Kyrie are going to consider the Nets or KD might actually look at the Nets a little bit harder than the Knicks, whatever it may be. So I think just keep boosting. And you mentioned the odds in terms of Kawhi. It was like the Raptors run a list and all of a sudden next thing you know, they're number one on the list. And then it was like a few days later, Kawhi's in Toronto. So I think just the fact it's it's getting put out in the air that he could end up with the Nets. And people have brought this up. I don't think he's made a decision. Like, I don't think he knows where he's going to go for sure. I think things can change. And I think Katie's a guy that you could maybe sway. And I feel really confident. Obviously, Sean Marks hasn't necessarily brought in any big free agents, but I just have some confidence about maybe it's irrational that he will be able to do really well in a meeting with a big name. Yeah, his manager, Rich Kleiman, spoke to the Wall Street Journal and that video sort of went around and, and was spoke about at length that he hasn't made a decision yet. Um, I remember saying on JBT with, with the other Nick, my other favorite Nick, that um, we spoke at the fact that playoff uh, success, playoff results will be the biggest indicator of what happens. You know, if Kevin Durant wins another championship, does that make him want to leave more? Do, if they lose, does it make him want to stay more? Um, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see because the Warriors obviously give him everything in that they can. You know, he's the best player in the league, you know, alongside Kawhi Leonard, Giannis, whoever you want to talk about. But the fact that the Nets are, are right in there, um, and I think that... They are as likely as, as the Los Angeles Clippers. We are in a very similar sort of position. I think the Clippers are in a slightly better position when it comes to some other free agents like Kawhi Leonard and such, but the Nets are in with the shot, you know? And, and I think that Bill Simmons has spoken, you know, at length about the fact that the Nets are going to land Kyrie Irving. I don't know why he keeps speaking about it. He thinks that, you know, DeAndre Russell is going to be traded or in some sort of sign and trade, and he thinks that we land Kyrie Irving for some weird reason. Um, I'm not sure what his sort of intel and, and opinion is for that, but um, you know the fact that we're in, in these sort of rumors and, and sleepstakes for some really, really talented players is only a positive thing. And if Kyrie's the guy that can sway Kevin Durant to come to your team, I think you go out and sign uh, Kyrie. And you know, that's no disrespect to D'Angelo Russell, but having a combination of two elite players, two top five players at the position is just a situation that it's very rare to be in. And I think Kyrie has that kind of relationship with Kevin Durant. And the way it seems is maybe Bill Simmons is saying, is saying this because the rumors have been is that Kyrie's camp really wants him to go to Brooklyn because they'll think that it'll help him kind of reestablish his career and his leadership and being in that type of culture and organization will be a major boost. And then also, you know, this is kind of underlying factor that I don't think people talk about. The Nets have a really, really, really good performance team. 
Yeah, and I think that, you know, guys like Harris Avert, who are injury-prone, um, you know, through their college career, you know, obviously he's had his injuries here and there, but a lot of them haven't been due to the fact that, you know, he's been unhealthy or he has been, you know, uh, not taken care of by the training staff. And I think that, you know, you, you look at a lot of the sort of teams across the league, you know, when it's any sort of soft tissue injury, calves, hamstring and stuff, that's generally due to poor management. And I think a lot of the time, you know, you rarely see that when it comes to the Nets. A lot of it is contact injuries, you know, um, throughout the season, the big injuries that happen, Spencer Dimity, you know, a thumb. Obviously that happens when you're shooting, you hit someone in the hand or whatever, or you're picking up a loose ball. You know, Carol Sabertz was contact and, and collision sort of injury. You know, it was very rare to see other than maybe guys like Damari Carroll and these sort of older guys who needed that time off because they had the time on their legs. So, you know, the training stuff is going to be a, a big indicator, as is the organization as a whole. But um, give me a percentage at, um, on Mr. Durant, Nicholas. I mean, if we're fourth in, in the rankings, surely it gives us a little bit higher than AD. Yeah, I honestly feel like I am not buying – like maybe this is me being a little bit biased. I feel like the Nick Katie signs to the Knicks is just like the most overhyped thing right now. Maybe I'll eat wow, my words. Okay. I just feel like people are like, if if Kyrie's not going to the Knicks with Kevin Durant, why is he going to the Knicks? Like, what is a good reason to go to the Knicks? Like, who's he going to bring with him that is going to make them a championship team? And that's no disrespect to them. I think they have a good young core, but it's young. It's not anything proven. They were the worst team in the league for a reason. And it wasn't because they just tried to lose on purpose. It's because their roster just isn't that great unless they make some type of big move. They get Anthony Davis, yeah, my percentage will change. Or if Kyrie's going to sign with them, yeah, my percentage will change. But I'm not really sure who else Kevin Durant's going to bring to the Knicks that's going to make them better than the Bucks or better than the current Raptors team. Nick, you're telling me Mitchell Robinson, Alonzo <laughs> RJ Barrett, and Kevin Knox isn't going to get you a championship? Come on, mate. Please. Yeah, tell, tell Knicks fans that, Jack. You know, I was just in the city today with some work, and I could just tell you that people are just, like, so obsessed with the idea. They think that, like, yeah, Kawhi is carrying the Raptors, but the rest of their team is still full of good players. There's no other all-star on the Knicks, and most of the young guys they have are two or three or four years from being even close to being an all-star. I mean, it's it's hard to get into the head of these sort of players, but um, we will move on. And we had a lot of traction. Dude, we didn't um, give our percentages. Oh, uh, no, we did not. So you go first. You know, oh, you yeah. asked me, I'm cheating. So you just go 1% one, 1 higher, like the price is right. <laughs> um, I'm surprised you know. Is that, is that Australia or no? Yeah, we got the prices right in Australia. We got our okay. Australian version. We don't have the Drew Carey version. We got we got our. I don't know if it's on TV still, but um, for Kevin Durant, uh, let's go. So if I said 9% for Anthony Davis, I'll go. Fourteen uh, percent um, for for Kevin Durant. All right, Jack. I'm going to go thirty three percent here. <laughs> I think there's just so many things make sense for Kevin Durant to come to the Nets, and like I said about the Knicks, like I just don't know what is why he's going there. Like I get it, it's MSG, it's a New York franchise. You're bringing it back to life. Like I I think with the Nets is though he gets to play in New York, and he, even if they don't bring another guy. Like, they proved to be a 60 to playoff team last year with injuries, and they have a ton of young players that are going to take another step and that can kind of carry Kevin Durant. And I think the Karis LeVert-Kevin Durant relationship really intrigues me. I think there's something there. And then also, like you brought up on the show, he picked D'Angelo Russell to be one of the spotlights in his TV show that he's producing. Yeah, I mean, turn that into a T-shirt, 33% designtree.com, ESG. <laughs> Um, we will move on and uh, talking about free agency in general uh, putting out a tweet yesterday or the day before ranking the Nets top 5 free agents got plenty of traction on this one Major obviously <laughs> Um, and we will be doing some deep dives into some free agency, but we will just mention um, uh, plenty of the responses. Uh, from Olufeme, he had Kawhi Leonard, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Julius Randle, Marcus Morris, 
uh, Nick had uh, a, a great name. Nick Alexiades had uh, Kawhi, KD, Harris, Butler, Brogdon, and then a sleeper in Harrison Barnes. Uh, Joseph Martinez, KD, Kawhi, Butler, Tobias, Randall. Uh, Love and hate hoops. Kawhi, KD, Tobias, Randall, Butler. Uh, prefers a Kawhi, Randall Butler, and keeping D'Angelo. Uh, Parker Friedman, D'Lo, one-year cap dump that gets uh, marks another pick. Bring back Ed. Um, we've got uh, June, Paul Millsap, Marcus Morris, Aminu, Noah Vonley, Thaddeus Young, Bobby Portis. Um, and we've got Thomas J. Martino, uh, a, a really great listener, by the way. Loving the stuff that Thomas is contributing on Twitter. Uh, Marcus Morris, Julius Randle, DeAndre Jordan, uh, Jermichael Green, Dwayne Dedman, Jabari Parker. Interesting picks. We will debate these when, and discuss them a little bit more at length in other pods. Uh, Zach Attack has Horford, Millsap, Morris, Aminu, Pat Bevan, Dedman. Uh, Jason Hayward, uh, Kawhi, Katie Butler, Marcus Morris, and Pat Bev as well. Uh, Brandon <clears throat> had Tobias, Randall, Deadman, Lyles, and Vucevic. Uh, Bruce, uh, good old Brucey. Kawhi, KD, Tobias, <clears throat> Butler, and Julius. Will Jackson, Kawhi, <laughs> KD. You got enough air in those lungs? <laughs> Man, I'm struggling here big time. Kawhi, KD, Tobias, Jimmy Butler, Chris Stapps. First man to let mention Chris Stapps like that one. And of course, can't mention uh, a response without D-Rock, Tobias, Deadman, Ariza, the Morris Bros., uh, Portis and Harrison Barnes as a sleeper as well. So plenty of names in there, Nick. Um, are there any that stick out? Any surprises to you? I was surprised to see Harrison Barnes on there. I mean, there's no way he turns down his player option because he's making a lot of money, more money than he would get per year on the open market. But nothing from Harrison Barnes screams to me like I want him as a starter on my team. And that's no disrespect to the guys who picked him. I just like was surprised to see Harrison Barnes names mentioned so much. And I know the love with Julius Randle, you know, my, you know, point on that, my viewpoint on that isn't great, but uh, a lot of the guys, I think it's like, we kind of discussed before we came on the show. It's like any possible Nets target, these guys brought it up. So shout out to them. Yeah, literally. And we will be deep diving into like all of these guys. Uh, some of them, like, you know, we've spoken about Julius Randle and, and I put out a poll, which had some surprising results, um, you know, over 500 votes, probably one of my most successful polls in that sort of regard. Who would you rather have you just starting before Powell Ford for the Nets? And 81% overwhelming majority said Julius Randle over Marcus Morris. Um, I just think that, you know, in general, we'll speak about this a little bit because, you know, it was a topic that I specifically brought up. You're looking at the money that Julius Randle is going to want compared to Marcus Morris. There, for me, is already a tick that goes to Marcus Morris. Yep. Uh, the the amount of ball that Julius Randle is going to want in his hands, and he works better with the ball in his hands, there's another tick for Marcus Morris, who, who I think can play off the ball. Julius uh, Marcus Morris, as well, has proven it to an extent in the postseason. There's another tick for Marcus Morris. And I think that he as well can stretch the floor more consistently. Yep. He's a better defender consistently. So there's just a lot of ticks for me as as a Marcus Morris fan, and and maybe it's uh, it's a bit irrational to say because Julius Randle is younger, he ha he's an incredibly talented player, he puts up numbers left, right, and center on a consistent basis. But if you're looking at fit, I don't know how well he fits as a Brooklyn Net alongside D'Angelo Russell, Karis Levert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and as a power forward next to Jared Allen. Jared Allen needs someone who can space the floor for him because we spoke about on on a player season review podcast that'll be coming out that he can't space the floor yet and he might get there but Julius Randle has been doing it against you know chairs in the open season so far cool anyone <laughs> can do it. I remember Stephen Adams shooting threes against chairs I remember Kenneth Fareed last season shooting it against in scrimmages who cares um and maybe it's um irrational not to see both sides of it but I do see 
the value that Julius Randle could add. And maybe in a Brooklyn Nets uniform, we see this new revitalized guy who has more effort on the defensive end and is shooting threes and in a better culture and environment. Not to say that New Orleans, he hasn't been great. And I think Alvin Gentry, Alvin Gentry and everyone else there has been awesome for him. But, you know, a lot of other guys mentioned on this list, like Paul Millsap, you know, even Noah Vonley, I've been a fan of. Thad Young bringing him back. You know, Bobby Portis was an interesting one. I don't think... I think I'd rather have maybe Randall than him. Uh, but there was a lot of names brought up, you know, uh, you know, maybe even Harrison Barnes on a three-year, like $30 million deal where you sort of just give him a little bit of more money than what he's on for his player option. Um, but at the same time, you know, if we're talking top five, we've got to go big or go home, guys. Uh, Julius Randall isn't the fifth best. You know, I'd rather have, you know, you have your, your big fish and then you have your, your little fish. And I think Julius Randall is a little fish and I don't want to waste money and ruin our cap flexibility by throwing a, a, a big deal at a guy like Julius Randle, who I think, you know, the reason why he took that, that small deal at the start um, after leaving the Lakers was so he could get a decent payday. He deserves it. He's played some great basketball. I don't think he deserves it in Brooklyn though. Yeah, Jack, you just killed that. You know, you pretty much spot on everything. You know, the fact is the fit just isn't great. Like he's just not a great fit next to Jared Allen. He'd be better against somebody like a, of floor spacing big that can allow him to kind of work inside. I think his best position personally is like a small ball five, and you're going to end up overpaying for that. And defensively, he's not good, and we want to be a better defensive team. And Julius Randle's not going to provide that. Yeah, he'll give you some rebounding. And I also think it's no coincidence that he put up his best numbers post-All-Star break when the Pelicans were trying to tank. I think a lot of Nets fans see the stats, and they're like, oh, wow, Julius Randle, he can give the Nets some, some major boosts but they have to look at the film and see what he did defensively. He'd be a major liability. Like, yo, if I'm game planning for the Nets, I'm getting D'Angelo and Julius Randle and pick and roll every time, and I'm feeling pretty confident I'm going to score on that. There's a part of me that would almost rather give money to a guy Vucevic than Julius Randle. Obviously, it's it's a lot more money, and he can get a, on the market, but Vucevic can space the floor. And I think I'd that... rather overpay Tobias Harris and sign Julius Randle, probably. Oh, yeah, I think that that, that goes without saying. And I think that... Um, if you are a Nets fan or if you are just a basketball fan in general and you would rather pay you know, a certain amount of money to Julius Randle, like four years, $80 million, rather than a max offer sheet to Tobias Harris, who you know, is still young and is still you know, at his potential, reaching his potential, then it'd be silly not to. Um, but really, really appreciate all the responses. Like the sort of little ones coming up, you know, guys like Aminu, Deadman, who we've spoken about a little bit, you know, some sort of flies like Jermichael Green, you know, Noah Vonley, all these sort of guys who came out a little bit, you know, and even, you know, not necessarily the fact that, you know, Harrison Bunt would be the ultimate fit um, on the Brooklyn Nets, but his best position is at the four. Um, I don't hate him. And I think that as a complementary piece, you know, he's shown that he can do that. If he's the fourth best player in a starting lineup, then, you know, if he were to, you know, take a pay cut or whatever it might be, I don't think that any player's going to be taking a pay cut in this sort of saturated market but um i don't necessarily i think i'm a little bit higher on the fit than you are that's not to say that i'm you know oh let's go get harrison barnes if we strike out on all these other guys you know if he's willing to take a bait cut and, and some guys might be um you know once the the market dries up after those big fish have sort of landed in their destinations maybe they start to get desperate and go oh okay well where do i want to go maybe it's sort of the destination where you know i can play at this awesome training facility this awesome staff you know really good chemistry and, and a young sort of up-and-coming team um, I think that a lot of guys that on that list will certainly consider the Nets. And, you know, um, Dwayne Demon said to give him a call. Maybe Sean Marks does that too. Yeah, and I think with Harrison Barnes, like I like I said, I'd be immensely surprised if he turned on his player option. And if he did turn on his player option, he'd probably be looking for more money because the Kings went out and traded for him. 
You know what I mean? Yep. Like they yep. wanted to bring him in. And I think, you know, he is, he's okay as your, you know, fourth or fifth best player in your starting lineup. But I think in terms of how much money he gets, he'll be regarded to be higher than that. Exactly. Um, again, guys, thank you really um, to the bottom of our hearts for, for all the responses. We'll be doing some some real deep dives of free agency uh, in the coming weeks, obviously, as the, the final starts to die down. And um, we'll, again, you know, be asking for your input because uh, we love it. Um, but we will move on to... And I just uh, quick shout out, I appreciate everybody who booked KD and Kawhi first. Yeah, I mean, when it's top five, you know, I had the pictures up there for a reason. You know, the, Dream for big. me... For me, the five were, I think it was the, the five in the pictures were, you know, I tried to find, I was trying so hard to find Tobias, um, Kawhi Leonard in, in, uh, photoshopped into a Brooklyn Nets jersey. I did that much sleuthing. I would have got that tweet up like two hours earlier if I could actually have found one of those. But I've I only just, really uh, think I've seen it one time. Like, I think I might have seen it once. And other than that, that's about it. Hit us up in the DMs, guys, if uh, anyone does have that at the gym. Graphic designers will definitely show you some love. <laughs> yes, please, at OTG Nick. Uh, Nick, we will get to the all-rookie teams. Uh, Rodions, was he snubbed? Uh, I think the Nets fan in you says say he was snubbed, but when you look at the list, you're like, okay, you know, you understand why. And when we were kind of talking about this a little bit, all-rookie team is a little bit different than all-NBA or all-defensive team. It's kind of just like – who had the flashiest rookie season or, you know, like who was really big and put up the numbers. Rodion's didn't put up the numbers where he might have had a bigger impact than some of the other guys in the second team. Yeah, I think that going through the second team, you know, the the first team is obviously the first five picks and I think most people will know them. But the second team, Shea Gildas Alexander, Colin Sexton, Landry Shamat, Mitchell Robertson, Kevin Herter. Rodion's didn't have a better season than any of those guys. Um, and I mean, you know, it might seem, you know, a little bit sacrilegious to be giving credit to, to a New York Nick, but Mitchell Robinson had a great uh, rookie season. Kevin Herter did as well. Landry Shamit proved it on a postseason team, as did um, uh, Shade Gilditch Alexander. And Colin Sexton's latter half of the season, where after Matthew Delavadova came in, shout out to my boy Delhi, he made a real impact on him as a, as a point guard and, and just running that team. But was it surprising to see you, for you, Nick, to see some of the votes? Um, that Rodion's didn't garner or guys that were above him. So um, for guys that were above him, Alonzo Tria, you know, fellow, uh, and fellow New Yorker, had 10 votes. Uh, Jalen Brunson had 10 votes. Uh, Rodion's had nine. Joshua Koji had 10 as well. Kevin Knox had 22, and Mikhail Bridges had 29. Uh, Wendell Carter had seven. But I think um, I was surprised to see, you know, even outside of the Nets, Miles Bridges only getting five votes. I thought that he was a little bit better than that. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Miles Bridges was actually had some really big moments this year. He should have been higher. I would say my top three in terms of guys who just missed the cut would probably be Bridges, um, Bridges, and Rodion's, maybe Josh Okoge because he was so good defensively. But he didn't. So good. He probably came on more during the second half of the season. Kevin Knox probably had one of the least efficient seasons we've ever seen from like an NBA player. So I don't know why he's so high. I think that's just kind of the draft pick thing. Jalen Brunson didn't play enough and didn't have enough big moments where Rodion's was starting. Alonso Trier was a bench player and he had his ups and downs. So I don't know how Rodion's isn't in the top three. I think some of it is, you know, maybe the lack of flashiness where Rodion's was doing some of the dirty work, you know, hustling defensively, helping the team rebounding, rotating, whatever it may be, cutting to the rim. I feel like he probably should have been in the top three in terms of guys who just missed a cut. I think it almost is going to be a benefit for him because Rodion's has that mentality. Major I, remember, 
Yeah, major chip on his shoulder. I remember when we were speaking about, um, you know, his introductory press conference. We're just like, oh, I like this guy. Um, Rose got that aggressive mentality. He, he loves to get under people's skin. Um, and I expect, you know, in the offseason when we do his season reviews as, as well, uh, it's going to be a fun one to deep dive into. But um, where he ends up, um, but this, yeah, this rookie class, you know, we spoke about, you know, 13 to 15 players uh, that have all had an impact on their teams in some way or another, some bigger than others. But yeah, I, I think that Rodion's, you know, if he had have um, been playing a little bit earlier, you know, sure. if, if if Kenny had given him a few more games, maybe that's a, a, a wider base um, for him to sort of see and, and show himself off to the NBA world. But I will say to, to, to play devil's advocate, Alonzo Trier had some big moments for the Knicks as sort of like a closer guy, sort of like a, a super duper moment. <laughs> yeah okay 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 <laughs> so, so, uh, if we have any new york knicks listeners we've just lost them all with you um and we lost super, them like 35 episodes ago <laughs> probably he's like a super duper light version it's like coke zero version like zero 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 version um of like um you know lou williams there's uh, a guy who can just get a bucket kevin knox just played a lot like he that's and i think that you know and he was just sort of given the reins a little bit he was putrid but he's also 18 years old as well. You know, I think uh, maybe 19 now. Um, and I think that he'll, he'll be okay. He's got some some things that are about him that will be okay. But uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't really care. Um, but <laughs> I think the thing that really hurt Rodion's too is that he didn't have any of these like ridiculous stat lines. Like he didn't have a game where he put up like 27 points, 13 rebounds, or like filled up the stat sheet and had a, like a performance that's like just really flashy. And I think to get on the rookie team, or you need to have some performances that get more of the general NBA viewer. I guess like some of these media guys should be watching more of the NBA, but they tend to focus more on like the their home team. teams. Yeah. The beat writers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'd be interested to see, you know, going to basketball reference later on, doing like per 36 numbers and seeing how, you know, Rodion sort of stacks up there because I think for, for most rookies, if you're not Luka Doncic, Trey Young, and DeAndre Ayton, where you're playing, you know, 35 minutes a night, then you can sort of look at it and go, oh, okay, well, like, what is the effect that they would have on, you know, a full NBA game? Now, Rodion's was, was had an awesome season. I'm really happy to have him. Um, and he was snubbed, but not in to the extent that we sort of, you know, think about it. You know, he didn't deserve to make um, one of the first or second teams, um, but he deserved to get a, a little bit more love. Yeah, a little bit more attention. And like you said, he only started 46 games he only played 63 games and his minutes per game were only around 20 so it's not yeah. like he was out there a ton i think like a lot of people think oh he started for a playoff team but he wasn't necessarily playing starter minutes yeah exactly um and i guess we'll end the pod nick with some front office and free agent and front office and ownership news trajan langdon obviously we touched on him a little bit um off his, on his way to new orleans to join david griffin and his team uh, Gianluca Pascucci, um, our global scout, um, is going to be joining the Minnesota Timberwolves. And uh, Joseph Sy is looking and uh, for the full ownership of the Nets in the near future. Um, what are your thoughts on, on, on this sort of news from, from Trajan, Gianluca, and obviously uh, our, in, our uh, overlord owner in, in Joseph Sy? I'll start with Sai. I mean, I think this is something that's been mentioned since he got the team that his goal was to own, own the whole team. We know he has the money, he has the connections, and he has the influence in terms of Asia. He just purchased a Liberty as well, which I think is really cool and that they're going to play at Barclays Center, I think, in uh, not this year, but I think in the future. They're going to be on Yes Network too. So I think Joseph Sai's impact on the Nets is going to be really big, especially when he gets even more control. So I'm excited about that. He's willing to spend money. And then in terms of the front office stuff, 
you know, it's going to be a pretty basic thing, but it just shows that the Nets are doing a really good job of people are trying to steal their front office stuff. And, you know, I think it'll only help the Nets in terms of relationships across basketball. Yeah. And, you know, Gianluca Pascucci, the, the director of our director of global scouting, um, is the man that apparently has been credited with finding and pushing Rodion's Kurutz. Um, it makes a lot of I, sense. <laughs> it certainly does. And I think that um, it, it speaks highly of your front office and the fact that this front office was put together over the past couple of years, you know, headed up by Sean Marks. And the fact that all of these are already getting poached, and I'm not saying poached in a negative sense in any sort of imagination, because I think now it gives positive. opportunity. Exactly, it's positive. You know, both of the, uh, both positive P words. Um, <laughs> but I think that, you know, this gives opportunities to guys, you know, within the organization, or if we were to find an outside hire, um, I think that the way that the Nets, you know, approach everything with, um, you know, a, a focus on uh, on your roles and going, okay, this is what I need to hone on and I'm going to be doing it all gangbusters. You know, Gianluca Pascucci, if his sort of um, calling card is that he found Rodion Scourts, a guy who played like 10 minutes for, for Barcelona and is now an NBA starter or like a near NBA starting player, then that's something to hold your hat on. And that's why... You know, you can get, you know, bigger, bigger, more lucrative jobs. You do your job well. And Sean Marks and, and Joseph Sai and, and, and Mikhail Prokhorov empower you in a way. And as for Trajan, you know, I think that, you know, if I was the Los Angeles Lakers, I would have gone after Trajan Langdon. Have, add some depth to your front office. I'm, I'm really just annoyed that would have made, that. made too much sense, Jack. <laughs> That's what I, it's just like they do what is just not the thing that makes the most sense. New Orleans are doing exactly the right thing. Adding a guy, you know, uh, is is he GM or is he assistant he's, GM? He's GM in uh, David Griffin's vice president. VP, but yeah, of basketball you, operations. Yeah, you could argue they got the two best names. You know, obviously a little bit of bias. Yeah, but you could argue they got maybe the two best names on the front office market. I know there's a couple other names out there. I think in in many ways, you know, New Orleans and Brooklyn have a lot of similarities. You know, sort of uh, the the Nets are in a, a high market, you know, city, but uh, I sort of get that less attention. New Orleans are in, you know, a, a really clustered city when it comes to a lot of different sports, uh, but they're trying to build something. And I think that Trajan has already shown that w within the Nets organization that he's been a part of, of rebuilding this Nets organization from being, you know, a joke, a laughingstock to being the playoff team. And, you know, the New Orleans Pelicans are trying to turn themselves into something, you know, really positive going forward. Obviously, now adding Zion Williamson, I think that that's an allure for any guy, you know, if you have a franchise player, you know, with that number one pick. Um, but I think, you know, Trajan and, you know, it just gives, again, I'm going to speak to, you know, Jeannie Buss. I don't know if you listen to anything outside of Lakers podcasts or Lakers TV shows. It seems like that. doesn't all... even listen to them. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, I think I, I will just say in general, the there is a salary cap within the playing roster. There is no cap whatsoever for your front office, for your staff, for your coaches. If you are any organization, if you are any owner, and you are willing to spend the money, just throw money at a, a ridiculous amount of coaches. The Clippers have done it. Look across the road. Look, well, look basically just next door. Um, you know, they, they've added so many different guys uh, within that front office and within the coaching role from guys like buddy like Lee Jenkins, who are just like doing these little mini roles. They can add value to an organization in so many ways. You know, the analytics department is like bare there. I'm just comparing to the Lakers having a little bit of a Lakers rant because it's something that I'm incredibly positive about with the Nets organization, how much they value their assistant coaches, their analytics department, their training staff, their front office staff. Um, 
And I think that that's an area that goes under the radar. We obviously, players matter more than anything, but to get those players, to maintain those players, to make them better, to keep them healthy, you need the roles within the organization to do that. Yeah, it's like the Lakers are that guy who is athletically gifted and they think they don't have to do any work on their game and they think everything's just going to kind of come to them where the other franchises are working on doing the small things that are going to make them better. The Lakers just try to do so much based off being the Lakers. Like, yep. It's it's not how it is anymore. The media is so big. There's so many different platforms. There's so much access to the rest of the world. You know, playing in L.A. is cool. You get a lot more attention than other teams, but you're still going to get plenty of attention playing everywhere in the NBA. Yeah, exactly. And I think that... Uh, one more little thing to, to Gianluca. Um, global scouting, I think, is one role that I think is, is going to continue to grow as as the game continues to grow globally. It's you know incredibly popular here in my uh, my home in Australia. You know, I think we have outside of America the number one league pass subscription in the world, despite the fact that it's the most expensive. Um, so I think that there's you know as the, you know you look at the the top players in the NBA right now, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Three guys automatically that are not, you know, homebred Americans, weren't born in America. They are, you know, internationals. So to have, you know, a, a good global scout, a guy who can sort of scour Europe, scour Africa, scour, you know, Australia and, and all the rest of the, the places where this great game is played, I think it's going to be incredibly, incredibly valuable. And, you know, I think the Nets are going to continue to value that because of the worldly sort of um, mark we've built our organization on as well. And the franchise they try to be like, and that's the Spurs. You know, obviously they're a very global team. They have almost probably more international players than American players. So, and I think every year we constantly just see the international player number continue to grow. And it's going to continue to do that because more people have access to basketball and more scouts have access to these players across the world. Exactly, exactly. Um, any final things you wanted to touch on, Nick? Uh, what's that design code? What's the code again? <laughs> Flag 10, $10 off any OTGTs. We do have a Brooklyn Buzz one. Any support, much appreciated. You can check us out, iTunes, Bob Talk Radio, OTGBasketball.com, Dash Radio, and YouTube. Reviews, ratings are much appreciated. And Jack and I are really looking forward to dropping a ton of free agency content. We're going to finish up the season reviews, and we'll be diving in deep, scuba diving into NBA free agency. DSGNTree.com. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.